0: Hi friend, welcome to episode number 18 of the show after the show with Laura Daniels. Again, just a chance for us to spend a little more time together, get to things we didn't get to on the air, and a weekly recap of what we did get to. So you don't want to miss anything, make sure you like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I always feel like a weirdo saying that, I have to admit, like and subscribe, like and subscribe, because I'm so anti, like, like and subscribe, (laughs) but I guess... I guess that's what we have to do now in this episode. Yes, we'll do that weekly rewind in case you missed something on the show. And believe it or not, even though we covered a lot of ground this week, there was still a lot we did not get to. So there's lots more, which is why it's called the show after the show, because there's more show after the show. See, it's crazy, right? All right, so that'll include some uh, cool stuff about the Beatles, by the way, releasing a new song. And then some holiday frankenfoods and a warning about a food delivery fee, if that's something you do on the regular. And uh, first up, this week actually started with Halloween on Monday. And before that, I had two weeks of what I called Creepy Week leading up to it. And that was like sharing your own ghost stories and weird haunted stuff. And, well, I saved the scariest for last on Monday, Halloween, which was very bizarre and even somewhat disturbing to some of you. I mean, so much so that you asked me, some of you asked me for a warning when I was going to play it again on the show. So here's your warning. You're going to hear it again today. It has been deemed, quote, the most terrifying sound in the world. Now, that being said, that wasn't even the hot button of the week. There's always one that just makes you crazy, right? It was actually a tie this week between what I'm calling sweatshirt gate and the stainless steel bowl thing. We also did have a bit of a volley deciding what time it was, because it literally takes an act of Congress to tell us what time it is. We are Now, first things first, a little housekeeping with the answer to last episode's One Burning Question. If you're new here, at the end of each episode, I ask one burning question, and then I answer it at the beginning of the next episode. So the answer to episode 17's question was No Onions. Now, to get the question Jeopardy style, you can go back and check out episode 17 and stick around till the end of this episode for the next One Burning Question. Alright, so on to the thing that terrified anyone listening And I apologize to the school buses Because we're on a lot of school buses I hope the kids weren't terrified um, But it's Halloween You're supposed to have a little a healthy dose of that, right? Now some people actually, like I said, did call or text Telling me it was so disturbing that they needed me to warn them The next time I played it So here is your 30 second warning Prepare to have your ears assaulted in 30 seconds Hang on All right, so this was the subject on the Halloween show, and as absurd as it is, it's also kind of interesting and fascinating if you're a nerd like I am. Scientists have called this, quote, the most terrifying sound in the world. It sounds like human screams. It is not It's actually called the Aztec Death Whistle. So archaeologists discovered it in 1999, and it was clutched in the hand of a headless skeleton in a temple dedicated to the god of wind. See why this was so good for for Halloween? I mean, this is weird. It's also the site where Aztecs conducted human sacrifices. So they initially thought that this, it's a, like a skull shaped looking number, like a, like an, uh, what do you call it? An idol? Was it an idol? I'm, now I'm just picturing the, uh, Brady Bunch episode where, remember Greg had that, was it called an idol? I can't be bothered to look it up right now. But, you know, that thing Greg wore around his neck and then he like wiped out surfing and then he gave it to Peter and then Peter had a tarantula crawl on his face. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I digress. So they thought this thing was just like a trinket, like a little toy or something or, or just an, an idol. But 15 years later, someone went, hey, you know what? That kind of looks like a whistle. So they blew in it. And the noise was terrifying. Take a listen. Ah! Again, what you just heard was just blowing air through this little Aztec death whistle. Apparently, the uh, the Aztecs created the noise by modeling this death whistle after the human larynx. It just gets weirder. Experts have a lot of theories. Uh, one said that it was probably used to scare enemies in battle because it would scare the hell out of me. That's for sure. Others say it was used to ward off evil spirits during those human sacrifices they were holding. Okay, just for good measure, here it is again. Remember, there is no human voice at all. It's just blowing through an Aztecian whistle. (coughs) Gross, right? And strangely enough, maybe not even so strangely, because America, you can indeed find replicas on Amazon, but uh, I have no idea if they're as blood-curdling as that one is. By the way, curdled blood, Ugh, that just sounds gross. All right, moving on. The first hot button issue, which really had a very sharp divide, had to do with sweatshirts. Um, I went grocery shopping like midweek and I noticed two guys wearing sweatshirts. One was a hoodie, one was a regular uh, sweatshirt, and it was clear there was no shirt underneath. Don't ask me how, I just knew. Like one of them you could see like the hair Peeking out from the chest hair and whatnot, it was just it was just very clear this was and it was loose. It was loose around the neck. It was very clear there was no shirt underneath. It. JJ says he does it sometimes, and I have no basis to actually understand why it makes me feel so gross, but it does. If you do not wear a sweatshirt without a shirt underneath, even if it's a tank top, it's gross. You need you need a barrier. I mean, the name says it all: sweat shirt, a shirt which makes you sweat. So that shirt underneath is the sweatshirt's only defense against your stink. I will die on this hill. To me, it just doesn't feel right. Like bare skin against the inside of a sweatshirt. I don't know. I don't know. But you went banana pancakes about it on our Facebook page. And so, again, if you haven't already, go like our page. Just look for Classic Hits 104.1 because a lot of our conversations move over there. And you don't hold back there. That's for sure. But here's a little of what you did have to say, at least on the phones absolutely not it is so weird I am 100% with you you have to have a tank top or a t-shirt on yes 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 thank you so much I think it's because maybe I wear sweatshirts kind of like jeans I don't wash them every time I wear them Mm -hmm. but even the feeling of it right It just right yeah it's awkward it just feels awkward I am 100% with you thank you so much what is your first name My name is Jenny. Jenny, if I go through and take more calls and nobody else agrees, at least you and I are in the cool club, okay? (laughs) All right, Laura. (laughs) Take care, Jenny. Bye-bye. Hi, Classic Hits. Good morning. Sweatshirts. Can you wear them with or without a T-shirt? You tell me. It's got to have a T-shirt or some kind of shirt underneath. See? There you go. What's your name? Dottie. Dottie, you, me, and Jenny, all part of the same club. I don't know if anybody is saying it's okay with no T-shirt, but the three of us, we know better. I, I always have to have a shirt on in case I get too warm, you know. Because well, th- if you don't have anything on, you get too warm, you still got to keep it on. That's right. You can always take layers off, right? Exactly. <laughs> Dottie, thank right. you so much. I'm, I'm glad we have the voice of reason here. <laughs> have a good day. Now, a few of you did admit that you spend weekends in a sweatshirt with nothing underneath, like not even over-the-shoulder boulder holder. I don't know. I just can't wrap my hat around it, and you can't make me. All right? All right. The other thing that I was actually really surprised that you did want to chat about was daylight saving time. In case you missed it, yes, I deemed it daylight shaving time because, guys, you call it No Shave November, and it's cute and everything, right? Right? We ladies, you know, stop short of shaving our our legs and you accuse us of being a wildebeest. So this is about the time that most of us ladies just ditch the razor for a few months. At least I do. It's insulation. A little extra warmth. Gross. Anyway. um, All right. Just a couple of little notes here on daylight saving time. By the way, it is daylight saving time. It's not savings. Also makes me crazy as a word nerd. So this is the weekend that we turn our clocks back. And Well, depending on when you're listening to this, if you didn't do it, then you're, I don't know, an hour late or an hour early. That always messes me up. But anyway, a new survey said 70% of us think changing the clocks twice a year is a complete waste of time, which is funny. Waste of time. Get it? Anyway, some of the reasons why we hate it so much is it, dis- it disrupts our sleep. It affects our mental health and actually having to go around adjusting our clocks. That's actually something somebody said in these surveys here. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't I don't think I have this. Nah, well, you know what? No, I take it. I was going to say I don't think I have a single thing that doesn't automatically update. But, yep, the microwave and the oven. Those two things don't automatically update. But what else? I, I Honestly, I think everything else automatically does it. At least I hope so. Or I will be at least an hour late or early to something. Again, always messes me up. The other thing with the time change, yes, you get that, quote unquote, extra hour of sleep this weekend. Another survey said 21% of us say we rarely or never wake up feeling well rested. Our worst sleep habit is going to bed at different times, which, of course, again, this time change thing doesn't help at all. I am absolutely one of those people in the twenty-one percent. I talked about it last episode. I have had insomnia issues my entire life. Uh, I do take medication to help me. I don't. I, I am not tired when I'm supposed to be tired, which is, you know, generally overnight. Because then I, I get up at three forty-five in the morning. I it just doesn't happen for me. So um, I never wake up feeling well rested or refreshed. I just don't. Even more so now since I'm, you know, in my late 40s and that very special time in every lady's life. It sucks. It sucks. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. It sucks. But again, I digress. Um, I I did put it out there that this is kind of one thing that I'm really right down the middle on. I'm not for it. I'm not against it. I I just don't care. Just tell me what time it is and let me get on with my life. Um, Some states do it. Some states don't. And yes, it is actually been a bill for over a year to make a permanent decision on it. This country is divided on so much. We can't even agree on what time it is. And if you' ever notice it's it's the only thing that actually works that way too. like I can't remove ten pounds from the scale in June when I'm wearing shorts and then just add it back on a few months later when it's all baggy layers. I mean, I guess technically I can I don't I guess technically you can I don't you can't put toothpaste back in a tube. I'm just saying somehow we do do it with a construct though that is time. So I asked where you fell on this, and here's what you had to say, starting with Cal from Sanborn. I'm I'm kind of on the side of the people who don't like it because I just think that it is an indicator that the cold weather is around the corner, and most of the time, you know, especially um, when you're somebody who works night shift like me, uh-huh. it's confusing. Like when you sleep during the day, yeah. When you get home, it's dark. Then when you wake up, it's dark. Yeah, Cal, I was I was going to mention actually for the overnight workers. Does that mean that you have to work another hour because everybody else is sleep? You know, we say you gain an extra hour of sleep, but does that mean you work an extra hour? Um, honestly, I don't know what to say in terms of that. But- I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. I haven't worked an overnight shift in, in many, many years. I've done it, but I can't remember what we did. But but you're right. It adds insult to injury. It's just that extra reminder it's, of, hey, guess does. what? We've got you know the junk on the way and let's go ahead and take an hour of happiness from you. <laughs> it, it does. It does. So this change I like because I am not a morning person. <laughs> I am never on time to work. <laughs> and I typically wake up at 7 on my own but I go back to sleep. Oh boy. So with it being instead of 5:51 on Monday morning, it's really 6:51. I'll at least be on time at work for at least a week. You get that box, yeah, you so. get you get that one week while you're adjusting, right? <laughs> right. Good morning. I have something to say. Don't forget to set your clocks from sunshine and happiness back to misery and despair. This weekend. What? What is your first name? Joy. Joy. Hilarious and ironic that your name is Joy and you just had that disposition on it, but I think you're my new best friend. That's funny. Yeah, my sister texted it to me yesterday and I sent it to a bunch of my friends this morning. Well, thank you for bringing us into the family affair. That is good stuff. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I do love that from a lady named Joy, nonetheless. All right. The last thing that caused a virtual riot on our Facebook page with you was the stainless steel bowl thing. Give me 30 seconds and I'll fill you in. you listen. So Halloween night, I grabbed my trusty stainless steel mixing bowl that is literally from my house that I grew up in. I snagged it when I went to college and it just became mine. So at Halloween every year, it's the candy bowl, but it served two other distinct purposes when I was growing up. It doubled as both the popcorn bowl and the puke bowl. You went crazy. On Facebook. Some of you called me disgusting, and uh, that if puke was in it, you wouldn't eat out of it. You, you were actually so disgusted with me, you used all caps. And you know that means business. That's bad news bears. Now, I get it, but it is stainless steel. You clean it well enough, and you could literally do open heart surgery on it. It's not like it hasn't been cleaned since the last time I barfed in 1984. So my soul hurt a little, because it's also, you know, like a source of memories. Yes, bull memories, whatever. But then like the cavalry charging in to save the day. Many of you also said that it was your puke bull too. So again, you can find the divisiveness on our Facebook page. Uh, There was also the story of DiGiorno jumping on a bandwagon that I'm relatively sure I actually created. So now they have come up with this. This month, DiGiorno is selling a Thanksgiving pizza. It uh, features turkey, gravy, sweet potatoes, green beans, cranberries, cheese, and a crispy onion topping. They are available only online, though, for $11.23. Get it? 11.23. November 23rd. Thanksgiving. Whatever. All I know is that DiGiorno is going to make billions off of this, and I had the idea first to make a frankenfood. Now, granted, it was not in pizza form. However, over a decade ago, and I can prove that with a time-stamped Facebook post, I made my own Franken frankenfood for no good reason. It's called the turcake, and it's glorious. It is, in essence, an entire Thanksgiving meal in layered cake form. I mean, I'm talking turkey, stuffing, potatoes, cranberry sauce, all of it in a layered cake form. Now, some have said I'm making this up, so I say hold my beer. Challenge accepted because I'm going to do it again. I haven't made it in a couple of years, but you'll have this to look forward to both on the show and on our Facebook page and wherever I can post it to get the glory it deserves. Of course, if you're one of those people who don't like foods to mix or like touch each other on the plate, this will not be for you. But if you're like me, you like a little bit of everything in one bite, stay tuned. Now, I did draw the line at one frankenfood, though. I am an adventurous eater. This one just, mm, I don't know. I just don't believe soup belongs in chocolate. I mean, more power to you, Philip Ashley chocolates. They teamed together with Campbell's to celebrate America's love of sides, like side dishes. They call it the Holiday Sides Collection. It's six pieces. (sighs) They're soup-infused savory chocolates using Campbell's holiday recipes. So here's what I didn't get to on the air. I did mention it. Um, By the way, they're available for pre-order if you're so inclined. Um, What I didn't get to was the flavors. Again, I am an adventurous eater, and even the descriptions are like, huh, you know what? That can actually work, because it's the whole sweet and savory thing. But the descriptions I need to bring you, because I didn't get to them on the air. Green bean casserole chocolate. Uh, It's a Campbell's icon, and it's a truffle that brings out the umami flavors of the dish by featuring Campbell's cream of mushroom condensed soup, green beans, and onion-infused sea salt in a dark chocolate fudge bonbon. I don't know. I don't know. Onion and chocolate? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, another one is the jalapeno cheddar mac and cheese. That is not a side dish at my Thanksgiving, but hey, if it is yours, knock yourself out. A top side dish that continues to grow in popularity around the holidays, this truffle features Campbell's cheddar cheese soup, triple cream brie, and jalapeno-infused white chocolate ganache. In a blonde chocolate bonbon. I am so sorry. Cheese and chocolate. I know, I remember back in the, geez, was it the 90s perhaps? There there was a holiday recipe for fudge that was made with Velveeta cheese. So I've never had it, but I'm just saying it could happen. I don't know. The next one, cor- uh, baked corn casserole. This one I could, I kind of understand. It's a truffle composed of cornbread, sweet corn, and Campbell's cream of chicken soup in a white chocolate bonbon. I can understand the concept. Corn is kind of sweet, so I guess it kind of goes together, you know, that salty, buttery kind of thing along with chocolate. That I get, but you lose me on white chocolate. I I think white chocolate is the thing of the devil. Moving on to hot honey mashed sweet potatoes. They say it's the perfect balance of sweet and spicy. This truffle is composed of sweet potatoes, thyme, local hot honey, Campbell's cream of mushroom soup, once again, and milk in a chocolate bonbon. I don't know, kind of. This one, this one, however, it would be, it, there's, there's no middle, middle ground on this one. It's either incredibly awesome or ridiculously disgusting. The Everything Bagel Mashed Potato. They say it's a trendy twist on the nation's favorite side dish, being mashed potatoes. They say this truffle features Campbell's cheddar cheese soup, caramel coated with everything bagel seasoning and a dark chocolate bonbon. I do like all those things. I just don't know if I'd like them all together. Oh, if you're new to this, that would be paper paper crinkle number one. And that means, friends, we are switching gears. Let's jump on some of those things we did not get to. Now, I wanted you to be able to hear some of these clips, but there are rules we have to follow here. And getting sued for copyright infringement for billions of dollars is not how I want to spend my weekend. So I will give you the word part of it. And then I'm sure you can track down a lot with a quick Google search. So the Beatles released what they are calling the last Beatles song, a couple of days ago, depending, again, when you're listening. It's called Now and Then. It's very cool. It's got a very cool sound. It's actually from a 1978 cassette tape demo that John Lennon had made in his New York City apartment. And apparently after he was killed, Yoko gave the tape to the remaining Beatles. And then in 1994, they wanted to work on it, but the technology to separate John's voice from the piano, it just wasn't there yet. So they shelved it and then... AI comes out, and I think this is probably the best use, if not the only good use of AI. I'm so, I'm just not a fan of it. I know. Call me an old fogey. I don't care. I just think it's a little too dangerous. But at any rate, um, AI did help out and was able to isolate and separate John's voice in the piano, and it came out as this incredible work. And just so you know, um, when you do hear it, probably Googling it, Paul counts it in, and Paul also, as you may recall, counted in the very first track on the first Beatles album. He was like, one, two, three, four, for uh, I saw her standing there. Now, I don't think me saying that part did violate a copyright infringement, so I think we're good there. Um, but yeah, technology finally caught up with separating John's vocal track from an old demo tape. And there is a short film out called The Beatles Now and Then, The Last Beatles Song, um, which you can find, again, online, I'm sure, possibly streaming. I'm not 100 percent sure. But um, the director, Peter Jackson, along with Sean Lennon and Paul McCartney, talked about what it was like to hear John's vocal without the piano. Again, I can't play it because of of legality things, but find it. Do whatever you can to find it, because it sent chills down my spine just hearing him. It, It really, truly did. There were actually two other times the remaining Beatles were recorded with John's demo tape, um, and both were released in 1995 with the Beatles anthology series. I'm sure you remember that. There was a Cirque du Soleil around it, and I understand that show was incredible. And fun fact here, both were actually produced by Jeff Lynne of ELO and George Harrison's bandmate with the Traveling Wilburys. A little piece of trivia for you. They did also release a new 2023 mix of their first single, Love Me Do. And again, just a couple of little trivia notes for you. The Beatles released uh, Love Me Do in the UK October of 1962, which was almost two years before it would hit number one in this country. And it's really interesting to realize that it's in acoustic performance and they have no idea that that recording session how they will change the entire world with their music just cool stuff all right one kind of half crinkle page because sticking with this um being that the beatles released that a lot of people came out and said hey man it sounds like oasis oasis has always been accused of ripping off the beatles right now, obviously, Oasis was very much influenced by the Beatles, so it was no surprise that Liam Gallagher actually loves the new track. He tweeted, said, Now and then, absolutely incredible, biblical, celestial, heartbreaking, and heartwarming all at the same time, long live. I mean, those are some descriptive words. He also added something kind of cute. He said, The Beatles could poop in my handbag, and I'd still hide my polo mints in there. Now, that's love. Paige crinkle, full one. Okie dokie, friends. Before we get to this week's one burning question, one more thing that I was like, wait a minute. Now, I don't order DoorDash as a rule. Not, Not even as a rule. I just, I have so many things that are within driving distance of my house. I can't legitimize myself having someone deliver it. I know... I'm I'd be keeping people, you know, employed and everything. Trust me, there are plenty of other people, not only in my neighborhood, but nay in the world who will have DoorDash or other things like that, you know, delivery services. But DoorDash actually started warning people about something because not everyone likes to tip before being served. But if refusing to do so is a hill you're willing to die on, you better be cool with sitting on that hill eating cold food. DoorDash is testing out a new pop-up notification that actually warns customers who don't tip. I got to give them credit for at least putting this out there. The pop-up says, orders with no tip might take longer to get delivered. Are you sure you want to continue? Dashers can choose which orders they want to do. Orders that take longer to be accepted tend to result in a slower delivery. They say that outright right on the app. Now, the DoorDash people say they have not actually changed anything behind the scenes. They're just letting you know that there is a difference between pre-tipping and then tipping after the delivery, which you can still do. But here's the deal. When you place an order... DoorDash notifies all the dashers in the area, very similar to like Uber and Uber Eats even, right, along with a guaranteed rate for accepting that delivery. Now, the system places different values on different deliveries based on things like time and distance and what they call desirability of the order. I have no idea what that means, but it's in black and white. Now, your tip is also included in that formula, And the the dashers don't find out what your exact tip amount is or the breakdown of their total haul for the delivery until after the delivery is completed. So obviously dashers are quicker to accept those those calls or those orders that are more valuable and rewarding. And experienced drivers can tell by the numbers if there is zero tip because they get familiar with the various default quotes from DoorDash. So if there is no pre-tip, they have no way of knowing if you're someone who will tip them after or if you're someone who doesn't tip at all. So they might go, mm, you know what, I'm going to pump the brakes and wait for a better order rather than accept one with a lower quote. So lesson of the story is if you don't tip ahead, your delivery may be sitting in the queue a little longer while your food is ready, but it's sitting there getting cold. Again, no judgment if you're someone who uses uh, food delivery stuff. I mean, I know it's very convenient for people who can't get out and pick up their own food. I get it. It's I'm not like anti-it. It's just not something that I do. So I found that interesting. Should I ever decide to DoorDash something, I'm going to tip big time beforehand. I always tip big time after hand <laughs> anyway, but still, that would just kind of, that would incentivize me, if you will. All righty. How about that one burning question? Because I got to get out of here. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, Not that I get tired of talking to you, but I just get tired of talking. Here's one burning question. So a guy's dog found something very, very rare on a beach in Scotland. And this thing could turn into a huge payday for him. Because what the dog found has stuff in it that is used in high-end perfumes. And this thing that the dog found could be worth thousands. What do you think it is? Noodle that for a little bit and I'll meet you back on the next episode. Take care of each other. Have a great day on purpose and I'll see you then. Bye.